Do, 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 do. Here we go. My name's Todd. This is Kathy. Welcome back to yet another episode of Zen Parenting Radio. Why listen to Zen Parenting Radio? Because you'll feel outstanding. And who doesn't want to feel outstanding? And always remember our motto that we say on every show is that the best predictor of a child's well-being is a parent's self-understanding. On today's show, we have two special guests. We have Eric Treese, good friend of mine, Tribes member, MKP member, to my left, and Brian Thomas to my right, who was one of the staff members on NWTA, which we'll explain what that is in a second. But uh, first, this is podcast number, what were we this week? It's uh, 328. So this is podcast number 328. Don't yet know... Um, what we're going to call this. We're going to do the podcast first and then give it a title Mankind afterwards. Mankind Project, right? I don't know. I kind of want to call it men's work, which leads me to my first question. Uh, first of all, Kathy, you have uh, something that we're going to need in this uh, interview oh, process. Good. You have a fresh set of eyes. Oh. We're all part of Mankind Project, New Warrior Training Adventure. So if something doesn't make sense to you, ask because you might be asking the same question that an audience member might be saying. Okay, so, I'm in. But give me your... Uh, we'll go to Eric. What is your definition of men's work? What does men's work mo- mean? Because we say men's work all the time. What the heck is men's work from your perspective? Um, let's see. Well, so it's the, um, it is the art and the process of revealing myself to myself. Seems kind of heavy. What does that mean? Uh, it's, well, weren't you doing that before? Weren't you revealing yourself to yourself before you started men's work? Uh, that's a good question. I think uh, no, I was hiding. I was running and hiding and um, playing small. Okay. And uh, I was afraid of everything. Right. Okay. So I was run by fear. That was fear of either losing what I had or not getting what I wanted. Um. So men's work for me has been, you know, largely has been kind of just growing up. Mm-hmm. You know, learn growing up. Right. What does it mean to be a man, mature masculine? What does it mean to be a man today for me? Not what you said or what the media says or society. But, gotcha. Yeah. Brian, what's men's work? Uh, I agree with what Eric just said, that for each man it's different. So men's work is personal. For me, the personal piece is emotional intelligence. Can I know what I'm feeling? It's that expression, you got to love yourself before or you love others, I have to know how I'm feeling before I can really express it to myself or others. And then to me, the core of men's work is accountability and integrity. It's really taking a harsh look at the way I show up. Do I show up on time for my kids, the people that I really care about, and what's the impact of those people? And then what we do is this sort of shadow piece um, how my unconscious behaviors get involved in my relationships and sabotage them. So I think men's work is being emotionally available to myself and others, and then tracking what I do. Do I say what I do, and do I mean what I say? So you said shadow, and I want to get back to that in a second, but I actually did a little bit of um, uh, research. Although I'm part of MKP, I would be lying if I told you exactly the definition as it re- reveals itself on its website. Mankind Project is a global brotherhood that conducts challenging and highly rewarding programs for men at every stage of life. Um, there's over a thousand peer facilita- facilitated men's groups serving close to 10,000 men every single week. What's funny about this is Eric <clears throat> spoke at some event that I was at years ago. Um, and 
I'd never heard of Mankind Project. I've never heard of the term men's work. And even though Eric invited me probably in 2010, it still took me four years to answer the call, as we say. Um, so I just wanted to give you a few uh, things regarding Mankind Project. And the other thing is that's important is, um, Eric, do you have to be a certain religion, political party? What do you need to do in order to be um, qualified to be in Mankind Project? Yeah, no, not at all. You 18 and up. Okay is really the only requirement and you know we work really hard to be inclusive and open to all faiths and and uh, orientations and to all men right and i think we do a a really good job at it do you agree with that brian oh yeah we knock it out of the park we accept people at every level and we even have a specific whatever faction of mankind project called rainbow warriors which is specific to gay men who are part of mankind project but still feel the need to have their own sense of brotherhood within the brotherhood well it's not just gay men so it's gay by trans or queer men thank you right. that's why you're here and i'm not the one answering these questions <laughs> yeah. so thank you for that yeah um brian mentioned shadow i know you've talked to me a lot about shadow and wounds and things like that what do you have to say? Like, if somebody's like, what do you mean shadow? What does that mean? Either one of you guys. Okay, I'll go first. Uh, I mean, to me, the shadow behaviors is any unconscious behavior. So I tend to be a people pleaser, which means I'm kind to most people. Uh, so when I'm in my shadow, I'm kind to everybody, whether they're good or bad to me. And as, as I grew in the organization, I realized what this guy was saying about saying no is I have to say no to the people that aren't treating me in kind. So my shadow behavior is to treat people nice. When I bring that into consciousness, I get to choose who I'm treating nice. Mm -hmm. So shadow behavior could be anything you do unconsciously, repetitively. Got it. Anything? Uh, no, that's good. We actually, that's what we were talking about in the car on the way here. It was another way to look at shadow. And in, in the Mankind Project, in the format of the work that we do, it's a... Jungian phrase, so it comes from Carl Jung's, you know, in-depth work, and it, the definition is the part of me that I hide, repress, and deny. Mm -hmm. So I hide, repress, and deny. And these behaviors that Brian was mentioning, people-pleasing, um, which is something I do too, I want people to like me, right? Uh, because I have a shadow belief about myself is, is that, you know, I'm not likable. Right? I'm not worthy, really, of love. So I'll do, I'll extend above and beyond to people, please, just to get you to like me so that I can, you know, figure out a way to deal with that shadow belief. Did you want to add anything? You're, you're very quiet, and I well, think it's because you gave me the floor, but I also want to give you a chance. Right. This is men's work, so I want men to discuss it, and I'm, I'm listening. Um, and I would just say that, you know... Um, as far as like shadow work, that's the work that I like to talk about is the, the childhood things that a lot of these belief systems come from an experience in childhood or what we experience societally, you know, what we watch, because really all three of you came into the world completely whole and pure and everything was great. And then um, there was even maybe a period of time where you were allowed to be who you were. And then all of a sudden society said, but now you're a boy, but you're going to be a man. And if you do this, to your point, Eric, 
you won't be loved or you won't be valued if you do this. And when I say this, it could be cry, it could be um, act like you care too much or not care enough. You know, it, again, it's never the same thing. So I just enjoy this discussion. <laughs> this is what we, this is what I live for, you know? And I enjoy hearing men talk about it because I work with women. So it's the same issues. So um, you talked about vulnerabilities or sh- sharing your feelings to either one of you is. Mankind Project or, or any men's group. There's a bunch of other groups out there, not just Mankind Project. So I hope this isn't coming across uh, to any men or any wives who think their husbands may have some interest in what it is we're talking about. There's a million different men's groups out there. All I want to do is... We got the best one, though. <laughs> appreciate that. Um, this is not, We have no agenda. All I'm trying to is spread the word because for me personally, and I've told the story a million times, but I would go on a golf weekend with my buddies and we would get drunk and play golf and talk fantasy football. And at the end of the weekend, I would come home and Kathy would ask me, how was the trip? I said, great. How was Charlie? How was Eric? How was Brian? And I had no idea how those men were. Mm-hmm. And it, 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 and it's not to say I don't love golf and fantasy football and things like that, but when you engage in this brotherhood of men, you're not going to be talking about booze unless it's part of your shadow or you're not going to be talking about fantasy football or even your work. Like we never talk about what each other does for a living, which is actually the safest place to start a conversation with another man. Um, so I just wonder to you guys, is vulnerability and emotion something that is welcomed or is that something that is denied and repressed within mankind? So the probably the number one thing we do is learn how to reveal emotional authenticity, right? So how am I really feeling? How do you do that? Uh, start talking about it, paying attention to what's going on in my body, um, taking the risk to share with other men and be vulnerable, um, to risk being judged or not judged. <clears throat> to do, it's really step above and beyond um, the conversation of the golf course, right? Or mm-hmm. the locker room, mm-hmm. um, or you know, or the you know the sports field, or. You know, a lot of the stuff that I learned on the block, which was, you know, feelings just never came up, right? Feelings, we never talked about feelings. It wasn't okay. The message I got was it wasn't okay to feel, yeah. right? That feelings, my feelings really didn't matter at all. And that was reinforced at home and then, you know, by the guys I hung out with on the block. The only thing that was okay to show was anger, right? It was okay to be angry. It was okay to be tough, but don't show any vulnerability. Don't show any tears, don't show shame or fear because um, that was risky. That meant I might get hurt or I might get in trouble or, I, or I, I'd be judged as being less than, right? And I already believed I was less than. So I'm trying, I'm working hard against that. So you're both leaders in this organization, but I'll go to Brian. Um, so how do you create an atmosphere where it might be safe for a man to share something that he might be scared to share? How do you do that? Because that's not an easy thing to do. Uh, what I think is we just model it. So instead of we're you had mentioned about other programs, we're a non for profit. We're really we don't really get something from the men. Uh, it's so we model our own vulnerability. We use like five feelings. Uh, men, it's important for men to have a structure. So with women, Kathy mentioned about uh, childhood. Women can just talk about their feelings with ten thousand words. We use joy. Uh, sadness, fear, anger, and shame, and try to give men a format to talk about their feelings. And then as leaders, we model that. So it's just a process of modeling and repetition. 
Right. You know, I never thought about that. Um, well, maybe I have in some context, but I'm being reminded that you really have to start from the beginning with boys because if they if they weren't told or if it wasn't role modeled for them that all of this emotional expression is okay, they may not even know what they're feeling at any time. So they don't even have the words to know what is this in my stomach or my heart or what is this pain. Did you just call us boys? <laughs> well, I, 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 I mean, little boys who grow to be men. Oh, right. You know what I mean? Well, that, that's, it's funny you mentioned that's a big reason why the Mankind Project exists is because there's a bunch of grown men Right. With little boys. Who are running the whole show. Running the show. Right. Driving the bus. And the little boys were never given the words for their emotional expression, or maybe they were given the words, but not permission to have them. So you have to really, when people come in, with some people, maybe start from the beginning. You know, they, like, I love what you said. Let's just start with these five. Five, five basic. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and I even think it's even deeper with a lot of men, if you played sports, uh, you know, if if you got hurt, you had to hide that to win. Uh, showing any vulnerability was actually uh, a liability. So, you know, if I got hurt, I'm not showing. Why would I show the other team were hurt? Mm-hmm. And that's so rewarded because what do you hear? It's totally, you it, know, athletes say, right? You see, I mean, and it's not just from home. It's it's in the media. It's it's this is a societal thing. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, th- that boys don't cry. Mm-hmm. Be tough, man up. Mm-hmm. Well, it's funny. Like I I now have a coaching practice, and I've just kind of been creating my website. And in one of the frequently asked questions. I put an answer in there basically saying, you know, why are you doing this work, Todd? And one of the reasons I'm doing this work is because um, most of the problems in this world, it stems from the immature masculine. And a a lot of people who I've asked to kind of look at the website, like, what the heck do you mean? Like, what does that mean? And my contention is every time you turn on the news, how many times, you know, the news is not the news. The news is the top 10 worst stories of the day. And when... uh, in each of the top 10, how many of them have nothing to do with some immature masculine behavior, thought process, or something like that? It's it's an epidemic. And what we are trying to do, the three men at this table are trying to do, is create an opportunity for other men to kind of do some soul searching and see what it really means to be in the mature masculine. Because any war that has ever begun, in my opinion, has always started with an immature masculine thought process. I wonder if you guys have any thoughts. You know, I go back to what Kathy said. It's that the wounds from our childhood that are running the bus. So what we've got are a society of men that are really acting their worst little boys' uh, nightmares out. They, they haven't been, when you said soul-searching, I don't even know if it's soul-searching or as much as Kathy said, going back to those childhood wounds, uh, we have a method that we do that with, but there's lots of methods and really re-scripting the story I got as a little boy so I can finally make masculine choices. And a masculine choice is I get a choice where the little boy, uh, if my brother was the good guy and I was I was the athletic one, I don't have a choice about that. He's holding that position. As a man, I've got my car keys, I've got my wallet, I can make choices, I could leave this room right now. So little boys weren't empowered and I think these people that are acting out, these wars are, are from people that don't believe they're empowered. We're trying to empower men. So to reclaim to reclaim something about our masculinity, something that's been missing. 
So how much time do you, time. how much time do you guys spend on, let's say that there's a new initiate or a new mankind project member, how much of it has to do with, you know, mother and father issues? I mean, is that a huge part of it? Is that just a portion of it? How much would you guys say is part of that? Um, it, it, I think it's different for everybody. I mean, I have my, my share of both and I take scoops at them each every couple of weeks or a couple of months. It's it just kind of, you know, the mom stuff comes back. The dad stuff comes back. Mom stuff is front and center right now because my mom spent Labor Day with us <laughs> and it was great, but there's, you know, it, it also reminds me of stuff, but it's, it's, you know, the, one of the things that we try to address in the Mankind Project is giving men the tools. So once we rescript the wounds of the little boy or rescript the story, then give them some tools in which to live their lives, right? In a mature masculine place. That's what we do on the weekend. And and what how that used to happen historically was through initiation. You know, and it still happens in some parts of the planet. But largely in, in our society in America, the art of initiating or the art of teaching boys how to be men has vanished. It is gone. So the men who started the Mankind Project 30 years ago noticed that not only was this art gone, but that it was creating some issues, right? right? And so that's what we, so we basically have reformatted an initiation to give men the tools they need to live their lives, to be empowered, to act with integrity, to be accountable, to, to, to be real, to be the husband's, father's, partner's, uh, employees that they want to be. You know, what I would say, it's it, you said mother and father, but it's really primary caregivers. If you were adopted, it's it's those people. Uh, maybe your mother and father weren't really in your life. It could be a coach. It's got to be somebody that you cared about, looked up to, or your primary caregivers. Uh, those are the people that instill either positive wounds or negative wounds on the psyche. And then from there on, I have a strategy, and I use that strategy through my life, whether it's, for me, people-pleasing. Uh, for some men, it's just getting angry all the time. You know, it's just you ask them a question, they say no. As a people-pleaser, you ask me a question, I say yes, but it's still an unconscious behavior if I'm saying the same answer all the time. And I believe mature masculine is just being able to say, what do I want to answer here? I'm going to go with No. And I love that because it's so, like you said, there's so many layers and it's so deep, but it's mindfulness. You know, in mindfulness, it carries, you know, some people think about it as some kind of structure and something we do, but real mindfulness is emotional intelligence and self-awareness and understanding who you are and where you are at any given time and that you always have a choice Mm -hmm. and that you are not your mind. Your mind is going to replay your history and all your wounds and everything, but then within that, you see that. And you make a choice. And um, I love that reframing of mindfulness because I think sometimes, don't you think it becomes like a class you take? Yeah. And mindfulness is so much bigger than that. It's everything you guys have been saying. Mm -hmm. And I want to say one more thing because Eric just said about the initiation is gone for men. And that's so true. If a man didn't have someone to help them into the mature masculine, then there was a gaping hole. If it be that their father was not physically present or just not emotionally present or there were no role models. And unfortunately, don't you guys think that that hole then is filled with things like pornography or power or money 
or fame. And again, there's other things. Sometimes positive things come into play too. But there's this false sense of what a man is supposed to be in our culture. And our society feeds that. Mm -hmm. I'd like to add that. So I, I think one of the greatest things coming out of the weekend is men come out with a mission. Uh, what you're saying is men are just drifting around and it, I might be into sex and I might be into drugs and then maybe I sober up but then I work out too much and I don't see my family. So no matter what I'm really doing, it's to escape, not to expand yes. my mindfulness. Uh, the questions that we ask on the weekend is who are you and why are you here? And it's the deeper question of who am I really? It's that Brian Thomas is who am I? And why am I here on this planet? That's the question men have been asking themselves for thousands of years. And most of the men coming to the weekend don't have an answer. When you leave the weekend, almost everybody, 99% of the people leave with a mission. And I think, uh, you know, my, one of my missions is to uh, create the perfect kingdom by sharing my inner king and queen, the masculine and feminine. Uh, but men need a mission. They need a uh, anchor stone to hold mm -hmm. the center of who they are because we've got a lot on our plates. We like to multitask. You have to have that stake in the ground that I'm holding to at all times. That's so true. So something that has come up for me personally in the past is that when I have made a decision or I've thought maybe I've wanted to learn something or learn from someone or do some kind of training or even initiation in a more, you know, for women, I get afraid or in the, in the past I got afraid because I didn't want to lose what I had. I think a lot of times we fear that if we go to some kind of training or we learn from new people that we're going to get lost, that we're going to, even though I know we get found, there is a sense of loss. And I will say this, something that Todd knows about me is when we were about 30 and I was really starting to get deep into this work, I would say to him, I'm afraid I'm going to end up on a mountain meditating and leave everybody. I was so afraid I was going to get lost in this new awareness. Now, I know that's not true now from experience, but I think a lot of men that might listen to this might be like, dude, I don't even know what this is. I don't, who am I going to become? What am I going to, you know, what am I going to think? So how do you describe this kind of initiation or training to them? I mean, the way I would look at it is the reason I'm involved in MKP is it's a non-for-profit. If it was a for-profit, I think sometimes for-profit and personal growth don't really go hand in hand. Mm -hmm. um, so what you're saying is, will people lose themselves? Are we going to put them in a certain direction. And I don't believe we do that. I believe what we try to do is increase who they are versus take away who they are. So I believe that at the end of the day, uh, if four of your friends went to this process, uh, they wouldn't lose themselves as much as gain themselves. I've done a lot of meditation. I've done a lot of spirituality. MKP just dovetails with that and, and increases it. It doesn't, I don't need to change it or adapt it. Uh, and I think that's one of the great things about when these three men started the program, it wasn't non-for-profit. One of the guys passed away. They, they made it a non-for-profit. There were no groups. It was just a weekend experience. But the men coming to the weekend had such a powerful experience, they created groups. They get no money from that. So we do a lot of stuff 
that's just to increase people being a better version of themselves. Beautiful. Yeah. Well, and one thing I'll say is, um, you know, Brian, you're talking about the money. I'm a staff member. I've only staffed one. I'll be staffing my second one at the end of October. But what I think is amazing is there's a waiting list of men who went through this weekend who want to give back to the people who have yet to experience the weekend. So I personally am writing a check to Mankind Project for the benefit of giving back to what these men gave to me when I went through. So when I went, there's 20 men, there was 45 staff members, which was unreal. Like I couldn't believe how many men and the men who were staffing the weekend, their sole purpose was to help me and mm -hmm. to help me understand that there's a brotherhood of men that are out there that will have your back, that will not judge you, that will not make fun of you if you show some vulnerabilities. And, and one example I have is when I went through the weekend in 2014, my mom had passed away two months after she passed, uh, two months before the weekend. And we do something at Mankind, which is called the check-in. And at the check-in, everybody gets the chance to kind of say what's going on inside their mind. And this was early on in the weekend. And I said, I'm really struggling because I'm thinking a lot about my mom. And I didn't even know Brian at the time. Uh, this was actually my first exchange with Brian. And I just said, I'm getting really sad because I miss my mom and, and I don't know what to do. And I don't know if I'm supposed to be here. And all he did, all he did was he asked the men in the circle to invite my mom's energy into the circle of men. Mm -hmm. And it was literally the only thing that I possibly possibly could have heard in that moment to make me feel better, and you nailed it. And that's when I'm like, wow, this is a pretty cool experience. So that was one of my, I mean, I had plenty of ahas from the weekend, and that was one of mine, and it happened very early. Um, as long as we're talking about ahas, I know it's been a long time, so you don't have to talk about your first staff, uh, your first uh, weekend, Eric, but when you think of the weekend, can you think of any ahas or things that you pulled from the weekend that last with you to this day? Uh, well, I've done, I've staffed 26 of them. Oh my gosh. Uh, well, this guy, how many, what number are you at? 64. Oh <laughs> my gosh. All over the world. Wow, this is um, so great. Yeah, so, um, so I'm, con I mean, the answer is constantly. I mean, I'm constantly learning. So, you know, I show up to be of service, service, servant leadership, right? Which mm -hmm. is leadership development, right? That's what I'm there doing is developing my own personal leadership so I can be a leader in my own life with my family, with my daughters and my wife and, and in the world. And one of the ways I can do that by showing up on a training is to be there and serve you, right? Mm -hmm. And that has been um, a process, you know, over 15, 16 years um, that is, I didn't always show up like that. Right. I mean, the first couple of times it was all about me. I right. mean, I was there to get mine. That was, I was there to, I didn't even know what I was doing. I didn't even know that I didn't know. Right. And of course I was young. It was in my, my mid twenties and still kind of clueless about a lot of things. But as I grew and developed, you know, the men there were in, in the, in the project, we're there to just witness me and hold me and support me and love me. And this is this is one of them. Brian actually, uh, you know, was there on my initiation weekend and, and um, was my first mentor briefly off the weekend and is now mentors me now today. Um, but for the first 10 years, I just needed to be accepted. I just needed to be seen by other men and accepted and loved for who I was, imperfect in warts and struggling with life and 
and addiction and everything else that was going on with me, men who would just welcome me, mm-hmm. right? And and never sent me away. Nice. Well, and and that's important because Todd is saying I went through and I right away wanted to give back and jump in and be of service. And some men may want to go through and sit with that for a little bit. Maybe want to try it in the world and then come back to MKP because not all men who go through no. come back to MKP, no, right? No, that's very fair. But it doesn't mean that they didn't get something from it. Right. You know, and that's the thing about service is we can the first you know my my whole practice or what i teach is all about self-awareness and not self-awareness only but self-awareness is the first step toward service once you understand yourself and once you go through that and you do feel accepted and you have self-compassion then you can give back and sometimes that's a process right brian and, what do you got and, well, and oh, sometimes go you can do both so True. I was I was becoming self-aware. I was still uh, largely unconscious about a lot of things. But in the midst of that, I was able to show up on weekends and serve <laughs> and chop wood and carry water and make food and and show up and, and lead processes and do stuff. So I would say it was a both and. I was doing both. Mm-hmm. And you're right. They're intertwined. Yeah. You can't really define and say this first, this second, because sometimes it goes the other way. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the giving that creates the self-awareness. So mm-hmm. I agree with that. Mm-hmm. You know, what I would say is, you know, we have this expression, we save the world one man at a time. And I went through the weekend 18 years ago, and I used to tell people, I'm the guy I'm trying to save. As soon as I get past me, I'm going to help you for sure. (laughs) Uh, Because I studied a Taoist practice, and in the Taoist religion or practices, if you want to save the world, you save yourself, your family, your town, your state, your country. Then you move right to the world. So I believe I'm trying to help myself and my loved ones. Uh, You had mentioned about the staff. You know, what I think is greatest about the staff, it's all volunteers, all pay, except for three or four guys that get a stipends. And because everybody's a volunteer, if something comes up in their life and they have to drop off the weekend, they do. So on the October weekend, we have 50 men on staff. They're all going to show up because they want to be there 100%. We'll the same 50 guys be there in October is on the list today? I'm not sure, but I guarantee that every person that's there wants to be there 100%. I think that's such a important piece. Uh, I'd like to hit back to what you said about your mom, because you said we brought in our, her energy, and the way that we do that is pretty simple. We just all stood up and said her name three times in the circle. I believe that that simple methods work. It's it's not some kind of woogie woogie thing where we're bringing your energy. We're just being real men. Um, so well, but I, I agree with you 100%. But I have never had my my closest friends would never say anything close to like, let's invite the energy of Todd's mom into the circle of men. Like it was so foreign yet was so perfect. And you don't get that when you're drinking beer at a bar with a friend. I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah. And there's plenty of men that are listening to this and they've probably turned it off by now. So I'm talking to the guys who've already turned up. Like, I don't need it. And this is not for everybody. As a matter of fact, I have a good friend who I think would be perfect for Mankind Project. And he's a fireman. He's like, Todd, I don't need that. And he's right. He has a group of men that he he puts his life on the line with and he lives with at a firehouse he's not a good candidate for something. It's not to say I wouldn't welcome him to it, but what I'm getting at is the mass amount of guys that are friends of mine and beyond that don't have this vehicle of authentic friendship amongst men. 
and that's what this has given to me. You know, I'd like to hit the fireman piece. So to me, what I would say to that guy is there's guys that need the weekend, uh, you know, they, for whatever reason. But there's really, and more importantly, there's men that we need them. Mm. Uh, we need your fireman friend yeah. uh, on our weekend because we're a bunch of volunteers. Uh, this guy ha- brings to the plate stuff that uh, we can't teach. It's an experience. His fire group of friends, how they work and live, there's no no way to teach that. So I believe he's one of the guys that our volunteer organization needs him. Mm. So I'd invite him to the weekend and say, dude, you might not need us, but we definitely yeah. need you. Yeah, yeah, it's good. I want to say it's interesting that you'd say um, the, you know, what Brian said, which is so beautiful, you know, to bring your mom in the room that that's foreign to yeah. you because you we've been together for how many years? A while. Uh, 18. Yeah. And this is something that that we, you know, and when I say this, I don't mean I said it first, give me credit. I mean, you heard it as a female thing. Right. You heard it feminized. And it's a different thing when, then that's that's what this is about. Go ahead, right. I'll cut you off. Well, and that's exactly, we're, we're right on the same track is that I've been saying things like energy and, you know, spirit and self-awareness and we've gone deep, but you hadn't heard it from men yet. And one thing that t- Todd said to me when I was sharing books with him or sharing, you know, teachers or authors and saying, look at this, he would say they're all women. Mm -hmm. And not that that's a problem. Again, it's not that men can't learn from women and women learn from men, but he needed that male energy to say, this is okay. There are some wonderful female teachers of yours, Marianne Williamson, Brene Brown, all these amazing women, Mm -hmm. and I can't get through their books. But if it's a man writing it, Wayne Dyer, Eckhart, Michael Sanger, Tony Robbins, and maybe it's daddy issues. I don't know where that comes from, (laughs) but there's something sacred about learning from another man. And I can't explain it, but it's the truth. And it's why I'm spending four days away from my family paying money at the end of October to facilitate other men to have a similar experience as I did. Well, do you guys feel, Eric and Brian, like that's permission? When you're with other men, then you feel like you, and I mean this in the best way, like you're given permission when it's your wife or it's another woman, it, you you feel like, well, yeah, that's good for girls or women. But is it, is it nice to have other men say yes? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it is. I think, I, I think we are the only organization completely for men by men and about men this is i mean it's this is about men doing men's work um yeah and i get i get permission from the from the men in my life the men in my my i group my integration group the men who i staff trainings with to be who i am right and oftentimes um and you know sometimes i just have to you know, I, I need to hear Sometimes I go and I need to hear something from you, right? But sometimes what I need to hear is what I what I actually need to say, right? Mm-hmm. Mm. And and the the weekends create a container and a space for me to do that. Mm. Um, container. What does that word mean? What's a container, Brian? Uh, you know, I think a container is almost any. We've created a container right here in your podcast. You're doing that all the time. It's a, a container for me and in MKP and men's work being a a mature masculine means speaking the truth. So I've got to decide what truth I'm going to speak. There's certain things that maybe I'm not ready to say right here uh, because I choose not to make that statement. So speaking my truth 
is speaking to me first, and I need to know my truth, and then decide when I'm going to speak out loud. Mm-hmm. You know, and we were talking about the permission. I almost think it's deeper than that. That for thousands of years, uh, my dad was a, a he did shoes or you know for horses. He was a blacksmith. I became a blacksmith. He was a farmer. I became a farmer. He was a hunter. I became a hunter. The men that he knew helped teach him. They helped teach me. Uh, it wasn't permission. It was the blessing of men teaching men to be a man. Mm. Uh, what we're doing is really the first post-tribal initiation of just being a man in the world today. And, and we don't have to fight the demons outside. Uh, I mean, I know people are getting shot everywhere, but the current men's work is I'm fighting the demons inside myself not outside myself. For thousands of years, the bears, the tigers, the cold, the heat would kill us. Mm -hmm. Now I turn on my air conditioning and my heat, I'm good. Mm -hmm. But I've got a lot of things going on inside me, and that's where the real warrior battle is in today's world. So because you guys are leaders, I guess that means that you have everything figured out all the time and you have no issues or problems. Okay, I'm going to go back to your aha question, <laughs> which I thought was really cute because uh, I don't believe that that, I don't even care if people get an aha. Uh, if we all go to a seminar with uh, Beethoven on the piano, if we don't practice, we don't become pianists. There are no ahas. There's just micro learnings that get instilled over time uh, so the reason I'm doing trainings, uh, one of my favorite leaders doesn't call them staffings, he calls them learning opportunities. Mm. I'm going to October for another learning opportunity. Yeah. Uh, you know, one of my favorites, I'm staffing with a leader in Portland this weekend who I've always really liked, uh, a younger guy, and and his last thing, he said, you know, my life was falling apart, and this happened, and this happened, and this happened, I'm getting divorced, and that. And then in all that, I became a full leader. And I believe that we're the only organization that honors truth-telling at that level. I don't, my life doesn't have to be perfect for me to teach you. Matter of fact, probably be more helpful if I'm a human being. Mm-hmm. Mm. Right. That's so true. Can I? I don't know if you're sure, trying to wrap ahead. up, but there's, I think, something very important since I am sitting at the table is that um, I, like I said, I work with women and we work and talk about the same things that you guys talk about. Um, but one challenge that I think men's group or men's work has is that not only do you guys buy into, do some, some men buy into this. Uh, this thought of what they're supposed to be like as a man, but women have bought into that too. And so what ends up happening is a lot of times when men start realizing things about themselves or become more vulnerable or more truth-telling or um, become who they truly are, which is not strong at every single minute, women get afraid. Mm-hmm. Like, who is this? This this man is not the, the man on the horse who's always my rock, and he actually has challenges. And I'm just kind of saying, I just want to say to women, first of all, when you are asking a man to be sensitive with you and understand you and do some work on himself, understand that then he's going to show all sides of himself and that we as women have to be accepting and understand that rather than ask them to be sensitive, but only when we when we want them to be and on our terms. Mm. And so if, to all three of you, have you guys run into this challenge of 
okay, now I've got this acceptance with men and I have this support, but but women maybe don't understand what's happening. Well, yeah. So, I mean, on the actual weekend training, mm-hmm. one of the things we talk to men about with as they're leaving is is how to go home and be with their partners or mm, spouses. That's so important. And because it is such a transformational experience for most men, and it's so powerful. And I like to say that men leave kind of vibrating on another level, and everybody picks up on it, right? Mm-hmm. And I remember... I wasn't, when I went through, I wasn't married, but my girlfriend at the time, when I, when I came home, um, and saw her there, the absolute look on her face was, where does this leave me? Exactly. Where, where do I stand? Right. Where do I stand in all this? Um, and so we do some coaching around that and it's, I mean, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a tricky thing. It's, I guess the answer is women keep doing your work too. Um, and keep being strong and amazing and supporting your men like you, you have and like my wife has for me. I think for me mostly it's been um, I have kind of fed my wife pieces or revealed myself to my wife in uh, slowly over time. Um, and I've been able to do it with these men first. I get to practice it, and, and MKP becomes like this laboratory where I can practice growing up. I can practice, um, you know, being the man I want to be, and where where I can where I can get messy, right? I can get messy with these guys and not worry about bringing it home to my wife or my kids in a, in a sideways or unclean way. So I practice it with them, and then I get to go home and practice it with my wife. Mm-hmm. And and by and large, my wife has been really supportive. What holds me back more than anything is just my fear that I'm going to let her down, mm-hmm. right? And that's that's really what it's not. So I make up a story that my wife can't handle what I'm bringing home, and that's not true. Mm-hmm. She she can absolutely she can handle anything, mm-hmm. right? So I just need to practice doing it, and that's in the container. I get to do that. Yeah, that's great. Um, what's homecoming, Brian? Uh, the homecoming, I think, in every initiation, you know, they would take the boys uh, to the woods, to the to the tent, uh, and the men would go through a process. And it's like Eric said, uh, you know, it was no food, no sleep. And our initiation, it's much more comfortable, but still you come out of it at a different vibration because basically you're in a container of 90 men. It's just different. Uh, and the homecoming is the blessing of you've made the initiation. You're a man. Uh, are you, you know, if we're a farming culture, that man's going to probably go out and pick corn. If we're a few hundred thousand years ago hunting saber-toothed tigers, just because you got initiated doesn't mean you're out in front your fathers and, and cousins are going to keep you safe. It's going to take years to hunt bears and lions. So it depends on what you're doing. I believe in our work, it takes a lot of practice. So at homecoming, um, the wives and the kids are invited to participate. Yeah. Sweetie, you, you meant literally the homecoming. Yes, of the I NW. meant the actual right. event. So there's a homecoming. Homecoming connotates a return. Right. So this is a return to your life, return to society, return to your job. And and an important and absolutely critical piece of it is that it's witnessed. It has to be witnessed by your family, your neighbors, your community, right, your larger community. So on the weekend training, the kind of the last 
part of the weekend training it actually takes place on Wednesday night at our center downtown, which is on the west side. It's it's a uh, 1900 West Fulton, which is near the United Center, Lake and Damon. And the room is filled with the men who went through the weekend, as well as they invite their friends, family, partners, spouses, kids. Um, my kids come to almost everyone just to hang out and play with the pillows in the back. But they are witness. And so the men who went through stand up and give us a brief testimonial about what they got out of the weekend. And it is powerful. It's undeniable. Even if you don't know the the men who went through, it's hard not to kind of feel the power of what's happened. And then there's an opportunity for uh, family members and friends to stand up and, and witness and bless them also, right? And I think that's some of the most powerful stuff. It's amazing. And when we say bless, this is not in a religious standpoint. This is really just being seen. Like, I bless you for the for the man that you are and the work that you've done, mm-hmm. right? And that you are willing to take a risk to give up a weekend and, you know, and go out there into the unknown and, and do some work on yourself, right? And that's what we, we do at the homecoming. It's a great way to introduce uh, men to the work also. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite stories was a, a little girl, uh, you know, I don't know, maybe eight or nine, uh, her father came home and... And she said something like, you know, I'm not afraid of you. Mm. He was pretty intense. And as soon as he came home, she knew he had shifted. Mm. Mm. She could feel the energy. Yeah. Kids are so in touch with that. You went to my homecoming. Did uh, you have any no. memories? I, I, I didn't go here. <laughs> um, did you have any memories of just the room or the energy or, or what your no, experience was? it was, was? great. It was wonderful. And I agree. I really love hearing people's stories. And so I really enjoyed hearing each person go. And and I, and I they all kind of have di- – they all had different reasons for coming. And your the group you went through with – it was quite – it was a really diverse group in age socioeconomic, um, uh, ethnic. Uh, it was interesting to see all the different men that you were with that weekend. And just to, as you know, Eric was just saying, you know, another way to say everything you're saying is just namaste, which is I see who I am sees you. I see you. And I know that that is why we were there because you um, – it's important to be witnessed yeah. in a transformation. It's important to have other people say, I see what you're doing. I think that's what makes us feel like we belong. Well, and I, you know, for lack of a better term, dragged you and the girls with me to my homecoming, but I also dragged my nephew, who at the time was, I think, 14, and mm-hmm. now he's 16. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted him to see that there is, I mean, seeing it through the eyes of my nephew, because he doesn't get that. Like, think about what a 16-year-old is exposed to right now and what masculine means. Well, and he's a football player. He's, he's a very football large. player. Yes. He does the whole thing. Yeah. I, I, I'm just, I don't know if the experience was strong for him, but for me, I just loved showing him that men can be vulnerable and sensitive and supportive towards one another. And still be football players. Yeah. Exactly. I was, I mean, I played football. I coached football on the West Side for years. I'm ex-Army. I got a lot of the machismo stuff going on. And I have three daughters, right? Yeah. And I can talk about my feelings now yeah. after practicing. And I can be sensitive and vulnerable. And I can still be, you know, I can still love sports. Yeah. I could still go in a locker room and talk the locker room stuff. Although... That's changed a lot. I'm not willing to talk about some of that locker room stuff anymore, right? Yeah. And and a big reason I do the work is because I have three daughters, mm-hmm. um, and maybe a fourth coming, um, and the rest of their lives they're going to be bumping into men, 
I mean, whether or not they end up with men or not, they will be bumping up into men the rest of their lives. So me doing this work is kind of a little piece of how I give back and make the world safer for them. Yeah. Right. You said you have a fourth one coming? <laughs> yep. Could be a boy. Could be a boy this time. Who knows? We don't know. Um, History is shown. Um, I did have a question. I don't know. If sure, go ahead. So I want I wanted to circle back to something you were, and I don't know if we want to put this in or not. Right? Go ahead, bud. Earlier when you were talking about getting lost in the mm-hmm. work, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm reading between the lines on that. Were, were you asking about, some, also wondering about something else? Mm-mm. Okay. No, I think that for me, um, because my history and my uh, pain body or my old wounds was a lot about making sure, again, just like everyone else that I was liked, um, that I fit in, that I was normal because as a kid, I had a lot of, everything was spiritual for me, but that's not really recognized as being very normal. And yeah, and I was an energy kid as all kids are, but that's just how I saw. So when I get older and I realize, oh wait, that's who I am. Does that mean that I don't belong with these people in this world anymore? Okay. So the getting lost was more about self-acceptance. And I think what's so important, which you guys have, all three of you have said in many different ways, is this is not about changing. It, it, you do change because you grow and you you release some things you don't need and you allow some things you haven't been allowing to come through, but you still remain who you are at your essence. And so it's not a scary kind of, I'm going to transform and spin off the earth. It's I'm going to transform and be more grounded to the earth. And that's, I think, I just know because of my experience of feeling that I'd be lost, I want to alleviate some fears of the women whose husbands Mm -hmm. may choose to do this or partners. And also the men who hear this and say, who will I become after this? You will become a better you. You will become a more... You guys can add more words for me. Well, more if it, enhanced you. If 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 for a lot of men though it is scary. So if 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 I'm an angry guy and I've really gotten a lot of steam out of my anger, my anger has kind of um, has has helped me get to where I am in my life. If I let go of my anger, where will that lead? What does that mean about me? Right? Will there's I still some be, uncertainty. For there's sure. some uncertainty. But what we offer is a weekend training for men with a community afterwards, and you can do either or both. Yeah. And, you know, I've people who are listening to this podcast hopefully are listening to it because they like what Kathy and I have to share and have been for the last six years. And, you know, I wouldn't invite you guys on unless it's something that I believed in because I do believe in it. It's it's a vehicle for me to give back and create what mature masculine is all about. And I know it's kind of a weird language to use, but you know, just men making good decisions, for goodness sakes. That's all this is. That's in, all this is about. Internal health internal health mm-hmm. um closing thoughts what do you guys what do you wish that you had a chance to say but i didn't ask you the right question what did i miss what? you know i think that what i'd like to go back to is sort of the you were talking about fear of the whether it's the partner or the person and i believe that our work and what we're trying to do is get people to grow together mm-hmm. so if I go to the weekend, I'm going to grow. And if my partner wants me to be the same, then it will feel like we're growing apart. If my partner is open to me being the best version of me, then we're going to grow together. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think that's that fear piece. And really it comes down to like sort of that matrix piece. Do you want to take the blue pill or the red pill? If you take the blue pill, your life will stay the same. But if you take the red pill, it will never be the same. You know, if you're 
not ready to take the red pill, wait. You do not have to take it till you're ready. Mm-hmm. You know, and then the last thing is, I do believe that in the growing together, that we go through a midlife crisis. So, as men hit this thing where the old strategy isn't working, we're also hitting a point where we become more feminine, more feeling oriented. And I think women are hitting that same point where they're becoming their warrior gets online. That's right. They want more things done. So, in that growing together, I can empower my my partner, whether that's a woman or not, my partner to be more powerful, and I can be more vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And and I think that's a lot of fear because I'm trying something that I've never tried with somebody that's never tried anything, but if I'm willing to grow together and, and take the red pill, it'll all work out. Mm-hmm. And isn't that the truth of every relationship? You know, the language that Todd and I always use is spiritual partnership, that when we think that we can have a partnership that's never going to change, that in itself is just simply false. Everything is changing all the time. I took a yoga class this morning where all we talked about is how our cells are turning over every second, how we have brand new taste buds every week, and everything changes. And if we can get in that flow and respect that, then our partnership can be strong because we know we're changing together. Yeah. Anything, Eric? I, you know, I think this has been a great discussion on it. I, if if men, so for some men, um, hearing what we talked about today will be enough to spike their interest and be intrigued and maybe check out a weekend. If if there's men out there who need more information, and I don't know if you were going to cover this or not, you know, the the homecomings are open to the public. But what if you don't live in Chicago? Is Chicago the only place they do these things? No. So we are in, believe it or not, we are in five out of seven continents, 21 countries, and we have something like uh, 1,000 groups mm-hmm. all over the world, right? So you can you can get connected through and get information through the Mankind Project, uh, mkp.org. But also here in Chicago, for the Chicagoland area, uh, or the kind of the tri-state area, um, there are open circles, there are open I-groups, there's other ways to come and get a feel for who we are and what we do. Without taking the plunge. Without taking the plunge of signing up for the training. However, I will tell you this, maybe you just need to sign up. Mm -hmm. Maybe you don't get the data. Maybe you just trust and take the risk and show up and just see what happens. Yeah. It's a leap in the net will appear kind of situation. So a couple of websites. One is um, get your, where is it? Getyourweekend.com. That talks a little bit about the weekend itself. There's also uh, mankindproject.org. You're certainly welcome to email me at comments at zenparentingradio.com. I'll be happy to answer any questions or I can even defer it to Brian and Eric who are uh, amongst the leader body in uh, MKP. So um I think that's all I wanted to say. We went longer, but that's all right. It was mm-hmm. good discussion. Was so, um, Eric, Brian, thank you very much for joining us. And if you're a man and you're interested, we'd love for you to take a look at it. So with that, go ahead, Eric. The dates of October. Oh, yeah. October 20... Get it right here. October 28th through the 30th. I'll be there. I'll be there. I will be there in spirit. All right, brother. (laughs) Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Thank you. Hi, everyone. Thanks for listening. We appreciate it, and we hope you'll join us next time. If you're a fan of Zen Parenting Radio, consider leaving us a review on iTunes. This helps people find us. You can also just tell a friend about our show. That's our favorite kind of marketing. 
Todd and I do speaking engagements about Zen parenting and self-awareness, so if you have an interested group or organization, contact us at comments at zenparentingradio.com. And get your early bird tickets for our big Let's Get Real Zen Parenting Conference February 24th and 25th at the Westin in Lombard. Todd and I will be speaking Friday night, and we have Rob Bell, Rosalind Wiseman, and Ali Smith as our keynotes on Saturday. If you want to know more about self-awareness or conscious parenting, pick up one of Kathy's award-winning books at zenparentingradio.com or Amazon. If you're a guy, I have two resources for you. I coach guys. It's called Coaching for Guys. <laughs> On the phone, Skype, or in person, we set goals together and come up with a plan to meet those goals. The website is toddadamscoaching.com. And we also have a monthly men's group. So if you're looking for a group of men to have authentic conversations with, check out the tribemensgroup.com. If you ever shop on Amazon, you can help us out by first going through the Amazon link on our homepage. It doesn't cost anything to you, but we get a small commission from Amazon. If you want an amazing vehicle to teach your kids about money management, go to the lower right-hand side of our homepage and click on the FAMZOO logo and enter Zen Finance as a promo code. I want to give a special thanks to our three partners, Tree of Life Chiropractic Care, John J. Kelly Dentistry, and Avid Painting and Remodeling. Thanks for your love and support. Keep on trucking.